0: You're listening to Formby Podcast. In this episode, we're chatting to Simon Sutcliffe about ladies cricket in Formby. He's the coach. He turns up each week and teaches the ladies of Formby how to play cricket. They have a thriving squad, Formby Firebirds.
1: My name is Simon Sutcliffe. I'm responsible for all the junior coaching, both boys and girls, at Formby Cricket Club and uh, also the ladies' section, which we started a couple of years ago.
0: And how's the ladies' section going?
1: Uh, Very well, I think. Um, We we started off with uh, about a dozen or so, I think, turned up on the first practice uh, that we had. We just advertised it on on social media and about a dozen people turned up. one or two had played a bit of cricket before, but most had had no experience of it. Uh, and from that, um, we've uh, over the last couple of years, we, we're, we're now involved in the Liverpool competition softball league. We have an A team and a B team. We play in two leagues. Uh, last year, our A team got through to the playoffs of the um, of the league and, and narrowly lost in the final. But I mean, that's a measure of how far we've come over two years that we. You know, capable of playing at that sort of competitive level now.
0: And you've got quite an age range.
1: Uh, we do, yes. Um, our captain, Caroline, is probably the the most senior of the 18 players that we have. She's a very experienced player, good cricketer. Um, and then at the other end of the scale, we've got um, girls who are in the late teens, early twenties, um, who are just taking up the game and doing really well.
0: And do you sometimes do mixed games where they play with the, with the boys or the, gir- the men?
1: We haven't done that so far, no, but that that's something that we, we might like to think about in the future. One or two of our girls have actually started to play um, men's cricket. Um, so uh, Karen last year played uh, a few games for Formby 3rd 11 um, in hardball cricket, which, you know, that's a good thing. Um, and increasingly, girls are playing um, uh, in men's cricket, you know, if, if they're good enough, but we don't we don't have a girls' team playing against a men's team.
0: Ah, right, no, so they play with them, they, yeah. the, the, girl, yeah, the, the girls are in, or the ladies are integ- integrated yeah. into the actual they team. They play
1: for the, for the men's teams, and quite a few clubs you'll find nowadays are doing that as well.
0: And also on a fitness level as well, there isn't really um, a required fitness level for cricket?
1: Um, well, I th- I'd probably dispute that, I mean, you do have to have a certain level of fitness, in order to, to play the game, I mean, um, typically a, a, a men's league game, you know, you, you the game would last six or seven hours. You might be out in the field for three hours. You might be required to bat for a couple of hours, running between the wickets or bowl a long spell um, or at the very least, field um, for that length of time. So you do have to maintain a certain level of fitness.
0: But um, the ladies that we have in Formby are sort mm-hmm. of from the sort of the the less fit to the youth, don't you? So you can always have a runner if you uh, if you can't run. You can maybe bat, but you can't run. You can have a runner, can't you?
1: You're only allowed to have a runner if you have an injury during the game. Oh, I see. That's but not You're actually thing. playing now. <laughs> you. you can't just turn up and play. <laughs> with a kind of extra runner and oh okay no you can't do that because I quite like batting it's just that running bit <laughs> don't like the running
0: it's the running well, one yeah the best yeah. thing
1: to do is just hit boundaries then you don't have to run at all that's true but I do
0: do my level best for that <laughs> I'm obviously the very lowest level of cricketer you can possibly have um so should we have a look at going back to sort of the journey that you had to get to where you are mm. today so when did your if you like journey begin in cricket
1: uh, well, more or less as soon as I was born. Um, my father was a, a, a passionate uh, cricketer, as has his father before him. Um, so it was just a kind of assumption that I, I would play cricket and, and my younger brother as well, he's two years younger than me. Um, so we just grew up in a in a cricket atmosphere. Um, my father played for Southport and Burkdale in the 1960s and, and was captain. So, my earliest experiences and memories of, of cricket are going to watch him play and then playing you know on the boundary with my brother. Uh, my father was also a very good coach um, and so he taught us how to play. We had a big garden, we lived in Burkdale at that time in Trafalgar Road, and you know we, we just played as much as we can, um, and, it, and it was great, but it, as I say, it all stemmed from my father. If it hadn't been for him, I probably would never have cri- picked up a cricket bat.
0: And when
1: did you, so you were obviously in all the school teams and... Um, yes, yes, I when I was at Farnborough Road, um, my father actually uh, volunteered to start a cricket team at the school. So he used to come in, I was he was in education, but he volunteered to come into Farnborough Road and we had a little cricket team and then he persuaded other schools in Southport to get cricket teams together. He organised competitions and tournaments. Um, and that sort of thing. So that, yeah, that was the first experience of playing team cricket um, at primary school. Um, and then I went to KGV and played, played for the school team there. Um, by that time, my father was now um, playing for Formby. So when I was in my um, teens, uh, I started playing junior cricket at Formby, and then got into the third team when I was about 14 second team when I was about 15 and then into the first team when I was 16, 17 um, and played for a season or so in the same team as my dad which was a nice experience.
0: I bet it was. Mm. So you've started to play cricket now, you're playing cricket with your father Yeah. and um, your brother is playing as well?
1: Yeah, Mark was also playing for Formby, um, second team I think at the time.
0: So a, a fabulous result for him from his junior mm. aspirations, if you like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, he'd uh, he never put. I wouldn't say he put us under pressure to play cricket, but I think his passion for the game just rubbed off on us, and you know we wanted to do it, and mm. wanted to become as good as we as we could. And the other thing is, my my father, I think it was in nineteen seventy one when I was about eleven, my father um, got a job working at Lord's. As the director of coaching for the National Cricket Association, so he was kind of the number one cricket coach in the country at that time. Um, you know, organizing all the coaching schemes for clubs and schools. Um, so, you know, that's just another example of how you know, cricket was just absolutely central to to our family life. And we moved down to Bedford for a couple of years when when Dad was working at Lords, and then he moved his office back up to. Um, the northwest to Old Trafford and we moved back to Southbourne at that point. So
0: was he working in cricket then? Um, he well he had
1: been a PE teacher originally um, and then he went into training uh, PE teachers but he'd always been involved in coaching um, with the English Schools Cricket Association and it was one of um, his colleagues in that organisation that encouraged him to apply for the job at Lords.
0: And what was his name? Got.
1: Yeah so my, my father was Peter Sutcliffe. So and uh, he became the Director of Coaching for the National Cricket Association, as it then was. Um, I mean, that organisation doesn't exist anymore. It's become kind of the, the ECB. But that, that's the kind of level that, that we're talking about that my dad was involved in.
0: So at this time then, you were playing for Formby to the first team. Mm-hmm. and then you, But you carried on playing right away up until you were <coughs> 24.
1: Well, um, yeah, I went to Oxford University... Um, when I was 18. And at that time, Oxford University um, played regular three-day fixtures against all the county teams. Um, they, typically, they'd play sort of 10 or 12 games a season um, against against the counties. So I went to Oxford and, and got into the Oxford University side. And um, we played a game against Warwickshire. Um, in which I had one of those days where everything just seemed to go right. Um, I took six wickets and we we bowled Warwickshire out, which was quite unusual for a university team to do that. Um, And at the end of the game, the Warwickshire manager, David Brown, asked me if I'd like to go and play for Warwickshire seconds in the summer holidays. Um, So obviously I jumped at that that opportunity um, and went to play for Warwickshire and then did the same again the following year. Um, And then after that, when I left Oxford, I had a couple of seasons um, as a full-time professional at Edgbaston. So that took me to uh, age 24.
0: So you were studying at Oxford at this time. Yeah. What were you studying?
1: Uh, I studied history uh, at Oxford. That, That was my favourite subject at school and the subject I did best in. Um, my teachers encouraged me to apply to go to Oxford and I, I got in much to my surprise at the time I have to say um, and uh, and yeah you know, so it also gave me a fantastic opportunity to play cricket um, for the university team um, so I got a blue uh, in 1980 um, you got a blue by paint playing against Cambridge at Lords um, and I played lots of games for the university against county teams as well
0: and then you went forward and you, you were playing then in what you played in university holidays and.
1: Yeah, during the, the first couple of years, I played in the summer holidays um, for Warwickshire um, for the second 11. Um, at the end of the second season of that, I played a handful of games for the first team and then I got a contract as, the, uh, as a full time professional at Warwickshire. And then the following year, which was 1982, I played quite a lot of first team cricket. And then I had another season, 83, when I was mainly in the second team. Um, And then my contract wasn't renewed, unfortunately. Um, But I went to New Zealand and played and coached professionally out there, then came back and went into teaching, academic teaching.
0: But really, that background, it brings us to where you are today, bringing it to Bobby Ladies, you know, bringing it to the ladies.
1: (coughs) Yeah, well, obviously... um, having finished playing professional cricket that wasn't the end of my cricket I mean I've ever since then I've always played club cricket um so I carried on living in the Midlands for a while because I got a job at Warwick School so I played cricket for Stratford-on-Avon and then um from there I moved up to the northeast um and played for Darlington um and then I moved back down to the northwest and played for Southport and Birkdale um in the nineteen nineties, and I stopped playing regularly um, when I was about forty. But I've always been involved in coaching. I really enjoy that.
0: You you enjoy, it? and you do bring that to the school because you know, you're now a teacher.
1: Well, I I, I was. I, I retired from full time teaching three years ago. Um, in twenty twenty, um, but I've always coached school teams. So when I was at Merchant Taylors, I was running all the all the cricket there for ten or fifteen years, and um, you know involved in coaching lots of really good players. Um, I'm currently working at Scaresbrook Hall, which is kind of part of of, of my um, job of running my own coaching company now. So one of the one of the jobs I have within that is is coaching at scaresbrook and then I do lots of other. Um, stuff as well you know one-to-one coaching, um, holiday camps, group coaching, uh, winter nets um, and that all kind of operates partly from Formby Cricket Club so I I have a kind of deal with with Formby um, whereby they let me use the facilities there for for coaching um, through my company and I also um, help to run the Formby Junior sites and coach on Friday nights and coach the ladies and that sort of thing so it, it works really well.
0: So you bring sort of lots of sort of bits to the party mm. and so when we're looking at cricket on a daily part of your life now as yeah. a retired sort of person you're you're actually probably busier than you ever were what are you with you? I'm
1: probably doing, doing more cricket coaching now than I've ever done um, because when I was teaching obviously most of my time was taken up with teaching academic lessons and marking books and preparing work and that sort of thing. And it actually limited the amount of time I did have for coaching. Uh, but now that's all gone. Um, I can just kind of fill as much of my time as I want to with, with cricket coaching. Um, but also it's I've got the, the chance to do other things as well. You know, I enjoy walking the dog and gardening and playing golf and visiting my children and that sort of thing. So I've got time to do that too.
0: And so if you describe your most memorable moment in cricket, would that have been when you were with, was that that day when you just had everything went well?
1: Um, probably that was one of the best days I've ever had. Yesterday, six took six wickets for 19 um, in 12 overs, which is was fairly remarkable and completely unexpected. You know, I just did not think that was going to happen. Um, a couple of other memories stick out from that time. I once got Jeff boycott out, which was <laughs> at, the, at the time Jeff boycott was the best player in England and opening the batting for england and he 'd always been a great hero of mine. My father was a Yorkshireman, so i'd always kind of supported Yorkshire and followed Jeff boycott from being very young myself so um I got the opportunity to actually play against him, which was a thrill in itself, but then I actually got him out, which was not so <laughs> Which much. Which is amazing. Um, so that was one memory. Um, you know, as an individual, um, as far as memories of team stuff is concerned, probably when I was captain of Southport uh, in 1996, we won the Liverpool competition. Um, so that was uh, that was a great thrill. Um, you know, achieving something as a team and a team that you've been leading. Um, that was great. Really enjoyed that.
0: Yes, being well, it looks like you 've been on the winning side quite a lot
1: um, uh, well I, I think any anybody who 's played the game for as long as I did um, will have ended up on the winning team quite a lot, but equally you know they 'll have ended up on the losing team a lot i I played for for teams that weren 't successful as just as much as teams that were um, and no matter what your own contribution is you 're always uh, dependent on other people, you know, cricket is a team game, and uh, you know, one person can't win a cricket match. It requires lots of people to uh, to contribute. Yeah, I mean, other highlights um, are going on tours. You know, I've I've had some fantastic tours, both as a player and, and a coach. I've you know, I've been on tours all over the world. I've been in India, Australia, uh, Hong Kong, Sri Lanka, South Africa.
0: But so you get your just, team together and then just...
1: Yeah, yeah. so I just actually recently got back from a, a trip to South Africa with some of the lads I, I coached through my coaching company, which was, uh, which was a great experience. So I love doing that.
0: Oh, I'll say. so. And how long do you go for?
1: Um, t- usually two, two weeks or so. We were in South Africa for 13 days, I think, this, this most recent time.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, how fantastic. I mean, how old are the boys there for that?
1: Um, they range from 13 to 17, well, this time I took, took my brother, actually, I was referring to earlier. Oh, right. Does he play. still play? Uh, he doesn't play anymore, no, but his company, um, he has a sports um, management uh, consultancy company, and they sponsored our kit. So, um, in return, I said he could come on the trip with me. That was nice. Spend, I bet it was. Some time with him, yeah.
0: So you have, um, so and, and obviously getting your Oxford blue, that has mm. to have been a, one of the highlights.
1: It was, although like, funnily enough, um, I got my blue without even setting foot onto the pitch at Lords because um, we batted first on the first day, and I think I was batting at nine or ten, because I was a bowler really, um, and uh, so Oxford were batting, and uh, I didn't get into bat, because our batsmen were doing alright, and then... It got rained off at the end of that evening, um, and then the next two days were completely rained off, so I didn't actually set foot on the pitch the first time I played for Oxford against Cambridge at Lords, um, but still got a blue because I was obviously in the team, um, and then the following year when we played them again, played all three days of that game, and <laughs> compensated for what had happened the year before.
0: Gosh, yes. And so do you wear a special outfit as an Oxford, playing for Oxford, or is it just whites?
1: No, just wore white kit. Just, I mean, there was no coloured clothing in those days when when I was playing. Um, yeah, it was all all white kit. Uh, obviously, you had your Oxford sweater, you know, with with the badge and and the blue stripe, dark blue stripe. Yeah, you know, just ordinary white kit.
0: And did you have any bowling moments there where you were just like, when you were playing for Oxford in? Against
1: Cambridge or Um I got four wickets in the um second innings of the, the, the match at Lords. Um and I bowled quite a long spell. That that was that was good. But we the game was a draw. Um so not a particular highlight there. No, I think just generally bowling against county players um was a fantastic experience. Um and I'd play, been playing for Formby first eleven, so I'd been Used to bowling against good club players, uh, but playing against professionals was a was a step up, um, and you had to really focus and concentrate, because if you bowled a bad ball, you um, know playing at club cricket you could get away with a few bad balls, but if you bowled a bad ball in a first class game it got hit for four or six, so you just had to be on the money all the time. Um, and it required not not just focus during the game but lots and lots of practice off the field as well, so that you know hours and hours in the net so that you knew that when you came on in a match you just could put the ball where you wanted to straight away um, and that 's the thing I learned about playing for professional cricket the amount you have to practice to maintain a level to be competitive you know whereas club cricket you may have one um match on a Saturday possibly another one on a Sunday um, and then maybe one or possibly two training sessions during the week that might last an hour an hour and a half or so but when you were playing professionally you know you were training and practicing a lot um, to maintain a level of well eight.
0: what your eight hours a day if you like
1: well I mean you were play in those days you, you were playing a lot as well because if you had two three day games a week and you were actually playing for six days um, but I'm talking about sort of pre-season training where you'd have four weeks where you were practising constantly um, and then any days off during the summer um, were opportunities to practise as well and sometimes we had to practise and you know, if we hadn't done particularly well in a previous match then we, we'd have to practise. Um, if we'd won a the game then we might get a day off here and there but you know, fundamentally it was just wall-to-wall cricket for the whole summer.
0: Just putting the hours in.
1: Yeah, yeah Absolutely.
0: Gosh. Gosh, well, that's it. That's your dedication, isn't it? It's yes. Dedication, isn't it? Yeah. We've got a question here about sort of just preparing for a cricket match, both mentally and physically. Yeah. Was it? Was there a lot of gym sort of activity, or were you just? It was just the matter of hours in the nets and hours on with the team.
1: Well, when I played for Warwickshire, um, there were certain expectations about levels of fitness that you had to have by the time the season started. Um, so it was kind of up to you to. To get yourself fit during the winter um, ready for, ready for the season to start. Now a lot of people used to go and play abroad um, and they'd be playing a lot anyway and maintaining a level of fitness through that and if you didn't go abroad then you'd have to do training in the in the winter that might involve gym work or swimming and lots of running. And flexibility exercises stretching that sort of thing
0: and you didn't have any injuries well you're obviously very blessed with no injuries I, at all no the only
1: injury i ever got was um was uh, being hit by a cricket ball uh, on on my eye socket um when there was a, a very high catch and it went up into the sun and i completely lost sight of it and it kind of just smashed into my face and i was hospitalized for a couple of days um but i never had any other kind of muscular injuries or anything like that
0: very fortunate in that and what about preparing mentally that focus that's required
1: um well i think it goes back to practice again i mean you you have to you have to be confident of your own uh, ability to 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 play at that level if you don't have that confidence then um you know you're behind the curve already um and my confidence came from practising and just, as I said before, just knowing that when I came on to bowl, as long as I could deal with the nerves, I could just go through the mechanics of the bowling action, knowing that the ball would, would go in the right place. And the that, that was the start point. Um, once you'd done it a few times, you know, it was easier to do and you got less nervous. It was a bit more difficult if you were playing in front of a big crowd, which did happen sometimes but uh no, just a few quiet moments of reflection before the game started and just calm yourself and deep breathing have a cup of tea have a chat to your colleagues you know i mean the i i think the camaraderie amongst the team was also very important in uh, in you know, relieving that kind of sense of of nervousness because um everybody was engaged in the same thing we were all working together um, there was a lot of joking and a lot of banter and that sort of thing. It lightened the mood and um, yeah, there were there were lots of coping mechanisms. Um,
0: I think the teams thing is quite an amazing thing. I yeah. see that in the ladies cricket. Yes. It's, a, yeah. it's a it's a real sort of escape time for yes. people, isn't yes. it? Because you've got to yeah. focus on what you're doing. Because if yes. that ball's coming to you, yeah, you've got to get on with it, haven't you? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can see this when when our ladies are playing. I can sense that some of them do get very nervous. I mean, you you probably yourself have been through that, you know, when you're coming on to bowl and you're not Um, sure whether or not you can put it in the right place.
0: That bowling. You just have to count down,
1: don't you? And I always just try and say, look, just trust the process, just trust the coaching you've had, trust what you've been taught and, and don't try and do anything different.
0: It's your muscle memory, isn't it? Yeah,
1: exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, muscle memory.
0: The way that your body just does it even though you're up there.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so what challenges have you faced in your cricketing career?
1: Um, I, I suppose it, it, I alluded to it earlier on, you know, when I was talking about moving from one level to another. So when I started playing for um, Oxford University and then for Warwickshire, um, I found that my fielding wasn't anywhere near as good as it should have, should be. Um, and fielding's not something I'd ever particularly worked on. I mean, when I played for Formby, we used to practice quite a lot of batting and bowling, but we did very little fielding practice. Um, so I think fielding was something you were either naturally good at or, or you know, not very good at. And I wasn't particularly good at fielding. Um, and because, when I but you wouldn't feel
0: a... if you were a bowler, were you not sort of being kept for the no, bowling? Well,
1: well, everybody has to field.
0: Right.
1: And if you're not actually bowling, you're fielding. So it's something that everybody has to do in a game. Um, uh, And I realised very quickly I had to improve my fielding, and that that was a huge challenge. So in the winter of, what would it be, winter between 1982 and 83, I just dedicated myself to getting really fit and practising fielding, practising running and picking up and throwing, improving the speed of my throwing arm, catching. Um, and came to the 1983 season at Edgebaston, a completely different fielder than I'd been before Um, and that just was through sheer hard work and determination
0: and that's it isn't it, it's the focus it's the knowing what you need to do and getting to it
1: it's realising the deficit that you have and then understanding what you've got to do to fill that deficit and then actually just in a sheer bloody minded way, getting on with it and doing it. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's what you've got to do. And uh, you know, People tell me that I have a lot of determination, um, and I suppose that's an example of it.
0: Well, you've got staying power, haven't you? Mm. If you've done sort of 10, 15 years at Merchant Taylors and you've. Yeah. 24
1: had... years at Merchant Taylors. <laughs> All so together. So so that's what is that where
0: you yeah. started your teaching career at Merchant Taylors?
1: No, it? no, I started my teaching at Warwick School. So I've been playing cricket for Warwickshire, and then uh, when that came to an end, um, a history teaching job came up at Warwick School. So I was able to stay in the Midlands and carry on playing for the club I was playing for at the time, which was Stratford on Avon. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was an easy transition uh, moving from cricket into teaching because I knew a lot of the. The, the you know, people at the school, in fact, quite a few of the the players we had at Warwickshire, um, who I played with, were old boys of Warwick School. So there were connections there. Um, yeah, it was it was a great first job to have.
0: Great and yeah. a great part of the country, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Is it? A part of
1: that, yeah, yeah. I and I lived in Stratford, on avon even had digs there, and it was a fabulous place to live.
0: And so from there you moved up to the northwest,
1: did you? No, I went up to uh, Barnard Castle. Still, uh, again, which, a no, fabulous part. Yes, of the that's right. Because you know everybody's heard of Barnard Castle now, thanks to Dominic Cummings. But <laughs> when I was there. It was just <laughs> still is an obscure kind of uh, little North Yorkshire market town. Um, but nice place to live.
0: And did you bring cricket to the party there as well then, or was um, there already good well, cricket? Well, I was
1: still playing. I didn't do much coaching at, at the school there because I was still playing myself at that time. So I play, played club cricket first for Appleby and the Cumbria League, and then I moved to play for Darlington. Um, so I did I did some coaching at the school, but I was, I was still playing club cricket myself at that time, so...
0: So when you're talking about club cricket, you're saying you'd play for like Formby, you play every yes, Saturday if you yes, like, you yes, know, and so, then Nets on a yeah. Tuesday. I
1: playing for Darlington was, um, it wasn't exactly professional cricket, but we played a lot of games because we, we played every Saturday. Um, we entered, I don't know how many cup competitions, I'm guessing it would probably be 12 or 15 cup competitions. So, and some of them you might get knocked out early on, but if you had a, a cup run, then you'd be playing every Sunday as well, and midweek Twenty Over Cup games. Um, so in nineteen eighty three, was it 80, Sorry, nineteen ninety three. Um, when I played pl- the, the, my last year at Darlington, um, we won the Carriage Cup, which was a big knockout competition in the Northeast. Um, so that was like every Sunday, pretty much throughout the season. Um, and then um, we got through to the final stages of a couple of the, the twenty twenty games as well, so it was full on. You know, it was it was a big commitment.
0: And so then from there you went to Merchant Taylors.
1: Yes, I moved from Barnet Castle. Well, actually, not not to Merchant straight away. I taught at um, King Edward's Lytham for three years, mm. but I moved back to Southport at that time, and I was travelling to Lytham, which was. A bit of a journey. I took about an hour to get there every day. So when the job came up at Merchant Taylors, I applied for that and and got that, which was good.
0: Fantastic. And would you say you'd made any sacrifices for cricket?
1: Um, I honestly don't think I I can say that. No, I mean uh, cricket was something I loved doing, and um, you know, I, I, no, I didn't make any sacrifices. The only thing I'd say is that during the summer holidays when I was at university. When all my friends were off and you know going to Europe and that sort of thing, I was playing cricket all the time. So I missed out on all that. Um, but I think that's the only thing I would say was ever a sacrifice. And at the time, you know, I, I was much happier playing cricket than I would have been sitting on a train going to Florence or whatever. So.
0: And Florence is still there.
1: It is, absolutely, yes. Still still planning to go sometime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> On your interrail. And so what would you say your aspirations are for the cricket world? I mean, the ladies' cricket yeah. has become something that... That's how I know you. Yeah. And um, you've sort of taken that and you've allowed the sort of... The non-committed like me and the very committed like yeah. some of these young girls are yeah. properly, properly good. And... Mm. So that's something that's very, very twenty twenty isn't it? Yes,
1: yeah, I'd just like to see um the ladies section at Formby um just continue to strengthen um so that it just becomes a permanent feature of of the cricket club um i mean in due course, it'd be nice to think that maybe we could get a hardball team together, um and I think that's something that you know we might look to do in in the future. Um, I'd like to see the junior girls section um, go from strength to strength. We've got a few girls playing at the moment, um, but we need to get some more. We need to get the ladies um, involved coaching the girls. That that happened quite a lot last year. We need to kind of keep that going. Um, And we need to see the ladies just become uh, an absolutely integrated part of the cricket club. Um, so that we don't see necessarily a ladies section a men's section it's all all part of the same thing um, and I think we're getting there with that you know we've got uh, in terms of the ladies on the committees and having functions um, so for example last year the um, awards night that was the ladies awards night was part and parcel of the men's which was a good thing um, so yeah it's uh, I just want to see it become really well established. I want to see people continue to enjoy it, uh, and to to improve the level that they're playing at.
0: Well, you now have an Instagram account, don't you? The forty Firebirds.
1: Yes. yes, that's right. Yeah, um, Bethany, who joined us last year, um, she's got that all set up, um, and she's a very good example um, of you know the the potential that we've got for giving. Um, Girls of her age, are, you know, a sport that they can improve at and enjoy. Um, um, but she had no experience of cricket before. Um,
0: and she's really so taken she, to it, she has she? Yeah,
1: she's very good, and then she's brought her friend Kate to play as well, who's also uh, improved an awful lot. Um, so yeah, we're, we're we're kind of reaching out, um, you know, beyond the confines of the of the hockey section, because mm. uh, you know, quite a few of the the girls we had initially were. Hockey players who you know, started playing cricket as well.
0: One of the questions I've got here is how has cricket shaped your personality values outside the sport? <laughs> so, if you're looking at cricket, sort of, yeah, so how has cricket, well, you've been part of cricket all your life, so yeah. surely there's a patience that comes with cricket.
1: I think it goes back to that word determination. Um, I mean, when I was young, I was determined to become a good cricketer and that was partly because i wanted to anyway it was partly because i wanted um like like most kids i suppose you want your parents to be proud of you i wanted my dad to be proud of 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 my cricket so i worked incredibly hard uh, to to become good at cricket and i think that's something that has probably transferred into other aspects of my life as well you know my my coaching career uh, sorry, my teaching career sorry um and bringing up my children, you know, just just determination. It's it's a really important part of life. And I think cricket taught me that, very much so.
0: And also if you work towards something, you know that you can work towards something and you can set and achieve your own goals. uh,
1: Even goals that might appear distant and almost unattainable, if you've got the determination and the will to get there, you you can. Um, The other thing is, of course, um, Playing a team sport, you know, and and that gave me lots of very early experiences of mixing with other people, working together as a team. Um, You know the 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 kind of collaboration and team spirit and achieving goals as a as a group, Um, and obviously in most walks of life you have to do that, um, not just Mm. sport. Um, So I think it taught me that as well.
0: Which is, I mean, that's pretty fab, isn't it? To have it, that yeah. type of a team building and the determination.
1: Yeah. Those are the two things I'd pick out that cricket, cricket has helped me with in other aspects of my life.
0: So what advice would you give a young aspiring cricketer?
1: <laughs> um, get good coaching. That's the most important thing. I mean, no matter how much um, natural ability you've got, you, you can only get so far with that cricket's not a particularly easy game to play Um, and if you don't get properly coached then there will become a ceiling where you can't go any further
0: Um, and where do you get good coaching
1: um from my cricket coaching company cricket first (laughs) obviously i say that tongue in cheek (laughs) well i mean yeah i do a lot of coaching myself so and i because i was well coached i understand the importance of coaching and that's what I'm doing now as, as my living and I'm passionate about it and
0: and it's called and
1: it's called cricket first okay
0: and how do we find you
1: um cricket first so I have a twitter account which is at cricket first 20 I also have a website um www.cricketfirsts I think that'll probably get you through to it
0: You've been listening to Formby Podcast. If you have a story that you'd like us to capture, you'd like us to share, email us at formbypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.